Last time on Improv Tabletop, our great heroes of the Wild West, Sheriff Pitstone the Human, Mayor Brimpus the Monkey, and Lalabelle the Penguin Baker, all decided to head to the Field of Reckoning to do a little bit of a stakeout. On the way, they ran into Sahara the Camel Rug Dealer and had a little transaction. They bought a couple rugs to bring with them to the stakeout and asked Sahara a couple questions about Professor Peaches, and uh, Sahara claimed not to know anything about the situation but when they got to the stakeout, who showed up but Sahara? Turns out Sahara had been using some of those same little ritual carvings to control rugs to use as the things with which she stole the cows. So the cattle rustlers were not human, they were rugs. But they followed Sahara to the train where she was loading up all the cows into the boxcar and they got the jump on her and after a bit of confrontation managed to finally subdue Sahara but not before they were locked into the boxcar by some strange magics. But they were able to discover a strange note saying that Sahara would gain a position of power in their overlord's new kingdom and they found a set of hieroglyphs in the Nahuatl language, Azotochtli, meaning turtle rabbit. What does it mean? What's going to happen when those doors finally open up? Let's find out here in the world of Animal Station. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... McKenna Steele, brownie taste tester. Connor Wood, allergic to all milk. Caleb Anderton, scruffy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's scruffy looking? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you are all in this boxcar, and the train has just stopped. There are a couple cracks in the wood that are letting the moonlight in from the outside, And as you peer through, you look at some of the terrain and Sheriff, you having been there the most recently on your way to Animal Station, you recognize this as being some of the terrain just outside of Tulkan, not actually within the town. You haven't made it to the depot there yet, but you are very close. And you recall that ticket stub that you found back in the museum, that somebody had come from Tulkan to Animal Station, but it was a two-way ticket. So you figure that this is probably the place where you're going to find Professor Peaches. Folks, we got him. I can tell. We're on his scent. I can smell him. What's he smell like? (sighs) (sighs) Smells like mechanical grease and giraffe shampoo. Yeah, a little (laughs) bit of resentment in there, too. I was smelling that on the wind. Yeah, maybe some regret. (laughs) Mm, A lot of that. And as you peer out through those cracks in the wood... You can hear, starting off low and starting to grow, the sound of mechanical legs moving through the tall grass. And you can begin to see the silhouetted figure with that wide Boss of the Plains hat atop its head. And you see Professor Peaches reach into a satchel and pull out a little carving, and it begins to glow. And you see that this is the carving of the sacred bovine that was stolen from Blather's Museum. And as he chants, 
all of the cows around you start to get very agitated. They start to moo loudly to stamp in place. And as Peach's chanting gets louder, the agitation of the cows gets more intense until they start throwing themselves against the walls of the boxcar, trying to beat their way out. Everyone get behind a cow. We don't want them to know we're here. Good idea. All right. Um, I'm going to actually go ahead and get underneath the cow. Like, oh, what's that show that, that happens in where they ride underneath the cows? Do the Odyssey? <laughs> I was going to say back at the barnyard, but the Odyssey also. Oh. <laughs> That's with the sheep, though, right? That's they do that with the sheep in the Odyssey. Yeah, to hide from Polyphemus, the Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. That is what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm going to do. Hide in the Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, the Cyclops is basically on the same level of monster evilness as Professor Peaches, so. I don't know. Professor Peaches is getting close to beating him on that. One. Yeah, pretty monster evil. Yeah. Um. So we gotta get out of this like alchemically fused box car before Professor Peaches knows we're here. I think the cows are gonna take care of that. Just get behind them so that he don't see us. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay sneaking behind the cows. I'll do it too. I'll find a big cow and latch onto the bottom. All right. So you all climb up underneath the cows, Odyssey style or barnyard style, depending on your preference. <laughs> and after several volleys of bovine bulk up against the side of the boxcar. Finally, you hear shattering and splintering and the snapping of iron supports in the wall, and the cows begin spilling out of the shattered side of the boxcar down into the desolate desert beyond, just the tall tufts of orchard grass breaking up the landscape. And you see all of the cows go straight towards Professor Peaches, but they slow their gallop as they get close to him and begin to form into a circle around him. And he holds up the statue of the bovine and begins chanting some more and points off in the direction of the rising moon. And all of the cows begin following him in that direction. I would like to take careful aim from the bottom of this cow with my revolver and shoot that there artifact out of his hand and hopefully shatter it. Mm. All right. Go ahead and roll to attack with Sneaky. It's going to defend with Clever. Sneaky is not a good approach for me, so (laughs) I'm going to... I'm going to invoke my aspect, you can find water in the darndest places, and say that this particular cow is the most steady cow you have ever seen. It does not waddle, it does not shuffle, its gait is beautiful and smooth, and that allows me to take the most careful aim I ever have, and I'm going to invoke that and uh, add a plus two to that for a plus five. So with your intuition, you're able to discern the steadiness of this cow from all of the other ones. You can find a steady cow in the darndest places amongst a stream of cows. (laughs) That's right. A stream, like a stream of water, a stream of cows. Now, Clever is a good approach for Peaches, but he rolled like garbage, rolled a minus three. So (laughs) he's going to spend a fate point to re-roll that. No! bringing it only up to a plus four. Oh, baby. All right, so you take steady aim and you fire and the sound of the hammer striking the pin cracks out through the still night air and the bullet flies and clips the bottom of the statue, lifting it from Peach's hand. And you see like in slow motion, it goes up and rotates in the moonlight. He looks up desperately trying to grasp at it, his hand looking upward, but his face turning to look directly at you with the smoke still rising from the barrel of that revolver. 
and he has a fire in his eyes that is unlike anything you have ever seen. Not a metaphorical fire either, but a strange, dull red glow that surrounds his eyes. That's right. I'm here for you, you monster. This guy's so evil. All right. Sounds to me like it's time for us to enter into a conflict. Da-da-da. Since Sheriff Stone was the one who instigated this and got Peach's attention, I think Peach's is ready to retaliate a little bit. That's fair. So you shoot that statue out of Peach's hands and it lands on the ground kind of far away, but he rushes over to it and he pulls another statue out of his satchel and it's the statue of the banana. And he jams both of them into the earth And you can see now that there is a circle that has been drawn into the dust. And he jams them into the very center of this circle. And as he does, you see light begin to illuminate these etchings in the ground. And at various intervals along the etching are bananas standing like menhirs out of the ground. (laughs) This strange arcane light leaping from tip to tip of banana like lightning through electrical (laughs) circuits. And all of the cows begin to moo and to run rapidly in a circle around this ritual area. And as they do, they conjure up a wind that picks up the dust, creating a cyclone all around all of you. And you find yourselves trapped inside of this great dust tornado, the arcane light crackling back and forth between all of these bananas in the ground. And you can see from the sky up above in the dust, it begins to form into a spectral image, kind of like the mummy, that scene where all of the sand takes on the face of Imhotep. (laughs) But it forms into a strange creature It has a hard shell on its back. It has long pointed ears above its snout. And as the features begin to become more defined, you see something turtle-like, something rabbit-like, until finally it coalesces into the form of an armadillo. (gasps) And you hear from above in a voice like the cracking of thunder, well, darn to it's about time, <laughs> Professor Peaches. <laughs> I knew it was weird he didn't talk about the A button. He's summoned him from Tutorial World. <laughs> and Latimer Pyle, the helpful tutorial armadillo, looks down on all of you and says, Do you know how difficult it is to get so many glimpses at the material world only to be whisked back away to the void every time somebody finishes the tutorial? When was the last time you saw Mr. Rossetti? Mr. Rossetti never gets to show up in this world unless you do something terrible. (gasps) Oh, shoot. I'm come to claim what is mine. I've come to stake my right on this material plane. I'm going to raise my hand. Latimer Pyle looks towards you and he's like, uh, uh, yes, Mayor. Are we, are (laughs) we, are you, are we fighting you? Well, sounds to me like you're ready to. Are you going to hurt the town? The town that I'm the mayor of? Oh, I would love nothing more than that. I watched you come into that town out of nowhere. All right, you quick, kill him. Kill charlatan him. Lady, no, no. You and your charlatan, <laughs> your shanigans <laughs> and your snake oil uh, trying to claim that you was the mayor when you was just a lowly curmudgeon from out back east. Uh, I don't think the all-powerful being from space hell knows what they're talking about. Let's kill him. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Professor Peaches picks himself up from the ground and reaches into his duster and pulls out a long-barreled Gatling shotgun what? and gives it a big old. Oh my heck! It just got so dark. No. Oh yeah. So let's let's get into this. Okay. Um, that is that is Peaches' turn. We're going to pass the turn now to. I want to see what Lila Bell thinks about this situation. <laughs> well, I'm gonna all of a sudden in shock let go of my cow and just fall onto my back and be like, oh lord. And then I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna be like, this one's for you, sugar. And then I'm gonna try and see if I can use the bug statue and summon lots of bugs to come and attack. All right, go ahead and roll to attack with Clever then. And I'll say that since you have already kind of broken the secret of the rituals, I will give you a free fate point that you can use on that. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to use that fate point, and I'm just going to add plus two for a plus five. Nice. Professor Peaches is going to try and defend by shooting that statuette out of your hand with the Gatling shotgun. No! So that's a, going to be a forceful defense. Urgh, and he rolls a plus one. Ha <laughs> 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 So, yeah, you summon up all of the insects from under the ground. You can feel the dirt begin to rumble beneath your feet and you hear far below the echoing sounds of thousands of scattering legs and they start to break up from the cracks in the parched earth and they surround Professor Peaches and begin to climb up his legs. And that's a uh, four stress that you deal to Professor Peaches. Yay! So happy about that. <laughs> and continuing with our imagery of the mummy, you can see these bugs start to like crawl under his skin and he Ooh. starts to scream out in pain. Um, so he's going to take two stress and he's going to fill his mild consequence. That consequence being, I got bugs under my skin. <laughs> you better be careful, Ned. My kids listen to this show. Oof. Creepy crawling. Man, somehow this has turned into a creepier campaign than the one that was supposed to be creepy. <laughs> but yeah, Professor Peaches is looking not great right now. Professor Peaches is looking pretty bad at the moment. Uh, Lila Bell, who would you like to go next? Um, I'm going to look at the mayor and say, Mayor, please get him. I got him pretty good, but if you could help out a little bit, I'd appreciate it because he's really scary. Yeah, you're right, Lila Bell. Let's get him. Uh, so I'm going to jaunt over towards Peaches. I'm going to say, hey, Latimer, be with you in a minute. <laughs> and then I'm going to start just chucking by the handful bananas into Professor Peach's gears and oars. All right. <laughs> so you're trying to gum up the works here. Just this big old, it's kind of like the way that a shotgun works, where it just sprays buckshot everywhere. You just spray bananas all over <laughs> Professor Peach's. Awesome. So go ahead and roll to attack with forceful or flashy, whichever you would like. Oh. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna use a fate point to bring it up to uh, positive two. All right, Professor Peaches dodges quickly and gets a plus three. All right, well, really bit the big one there. The big banana. Yeah, the big banana. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start munching on these and then look up to <laughs> Latimer and wink. 
Alright, so now Latimer Pyle, the helpful tutorial armadillo, stretches out those dusty fingers. Oh, no. And you see they start to take on solid form oh, from the outermost tips moving in towards himself. So it's these two very corporeal hands at this point. And as they open up to stretch the fingers wide, you can see an eye at the center of each palm. And he reaches down with those hands, curls them up into fists. And he's going to try and smash Mayor Brimpus. Oh, no. So Latimer Pyle is going to attack forcefully, getting a plus four. Oh, I got a plus three. Mm. So that would be one stress against you. Beans. And after he goes down with the smashing motion and lifts up the fist, Mayor Brimpus, there's kind of an indentation in the dust where he's <laughs> <laughs> kind of been smashed down into the ground. Oh, that's hilarious. Ah! <laughs> and the hands lift up and the fingers open, once again revealing those eyes, one in the center of each palm. They've got kind of this glow to them. Um, anybody can go ahead and roll a clever check if they would like. Plus three. Yeah, that's a that's a minus one. I don't think I'm gonna be much help. <laughs> <laughs> so Lila Bell, you have kind of a sense of how boss battles work. These eyes look like weak spots to you. The <gasps> gasp. Okay. Okay, shoot. So now that Latimer Pyle has finished slamming the mayor into the ground, the turn is going to go to Sheriff Pitstone. All right. I look at Peaches almost crippled, and I look up at Latimer Pyle here, and I decide to take out Peaches once and for all. And so I take my precious, beautiful, delicious lasagna soda that was made for me. <laughs> And I splash all of it onto Peach's mechanical legs in hopes of making them short out. Nice. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, this is also just kind of a shotgun bursting out sort of situation. So I think, similarly, you can roll with either forceful or flashy, your choice. That is going to be a plus five. All right. Peaches is going to try and defend quickly. Gets a plus one. <gasps> mm -hmm. That is four shifts of stress against Peaches. What does this malfunction look like? His mechanical legs start to spark and seize up, and he goes down to one knee at a time. I think he has like eight of them, just legs buckling underneath him until he is just left in a pile. Not a Latimer pile, but a just peaches pile on the ground. <laughs> a cobbler, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll give you a faint point for that. That made me happy. <laughs> nice, bingo. <laughs> All right. So as Peaches completely loses all control over his mechanical legs, he tips over and his hand gets caught in the edge of this tornado and it begins to carry him, dragging him across the ground. He tries desperately to dig those mechanical spider legs into the dust to get some traction, but it pulls him up into the tornado. And as he goes spiraling higher and higher up into the air, one of those hands reaches out and grabs him and says, well, I suppose I could use a little bit of more energy for more corporealness. And uh, the other hand comes up and they clap together. <sighs> and when they come apart, there is absolutely no sign of peaches. And you see that now the arms have become corporeal as well. <gasps> nice. Well, there's our biggest problem. Yeah, he's, he's pretty big. <laughs> he's bigger than all of us, in fact. No, I, I, I meant peaches. I just hate him so much. <laughs> but the physically larger problem is still here, yes. 
All right. Sheriff Stone, who would you like to go next? Uh, I look over at Miss Lila Bell, and I say, Lila Bell, you've been doing good. Do some more good. Okay. I have an idea. Can I still see the figurines that he shoved into the ground? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go over and try and pull them out in hopes that maybe that'll help um, slow the process down or something, or at least weaken him a little bit. All right. So, yeah, you see they're at the center of this arcing maze almost of this weird magic energy. So you can either use forceful to just try and shove your way through, or you can try and use clever to try and, like, entrapment dodge your way through. Um, I'm going to try and roll with clever. Okay, that's not too bad. Um, it's a plus four. All right, you Catherine Zeta-Jones style. You yes, just that's all I want. Get him. You just start stepping nimbly over each of these arcs of energy going from banana to banana, and you eventually make it to the very center where the two statues are. Sweet. I would like to pull them out. All right, go ahead and roll with forceful. They're in there pretty secure. I would like to use a fate point and invoke an apple pie a day keeps the not good away to kind of inspire me to help get the not good gone. I forgot about that one. That's so good. (laughs) Um, I'll just add a plus two to it, I guess, for a plus three. Plus three. It was a plus four. No! Can I invoke something else? No! Yeah, if you have the fate point for it, you can choose another aspect to try and invoke. Okay, I do have a fate point for it. Okay, so I'm going to invoke the town gossip to also inspire myself to be like, man, I need to get out of this alive so that I can tell everybody about what happened here (laughs) to add another plus two to make it um, plus five. All right, so plus five brings it up to a success. You reach down into the dust and you pull the figurines from the ground. And as you do, there's a great flash of this arcane energy that splashes up all around you as the circuit is broken between all of the bananas. And all of this errant energy just goes flying out into the tornado and begins spiling around chaotically and unpredictably. And you see like a bolt of it reach down and zap one of the cows. And the cow just like goes up into the air, its limbs all rigid. You can like see its skeleton (laughs) flashing. And then there's a little and it turns into like this streak of life force that starts going up and up the tornado. And Latimer reaches out towards it with one of those hands and grasps onto it. And you can see the shoulders now starting to become solid. Oh, Mayor, I seem to have made it much, much worse. Will you please just shoot it in those little eyes in its hands? I think that's going to be a weak spot for it. But I was hoping this might have been able to help, but I didn't think it did. Of course. Well, I, I, hmm. All right. Hey, Latimer, you have clammy palms, I say, with a (laughs) banana in each hand, readying myself to attack. All right. What does your attack look like? I am just going to bum rush this dude's palm and say, potassium is good for your hand-eye coordination, and um, hit him right through the hand-eye. All right, roll to attack with forceful then. And he's going to try and defend with quick to see if he can close the hand in time. I got a plus three. He got a plus five. Beans. Well, 
I guess I'll just die. I'll, I, okay, so I'll, I'll also use, watch the thing I can do with my tail, and get a third banana in on, on the action, so I can come up and scorpion tail this mother hecker. All right, so with the use of that stunt, uh, you're able to dodge in at the last moment quickly through that defense, and you pierce directly into the eye. You completely bypass the defense. Oh, nice. So since you're hitting him in that weak spot, in that eye, you completely bypass all of the defense that he had put up against it, and that's going to be three stress against Latimer Pyle. Yes! All right. I think I have to hand it back to Latimer. I think it's time for Latimer to do some stuff. All right, so Latimer's hand recoils back in pain and you can see the eye is red and throbbing and he looks down at you and says, oh, you've given me nothing but trouble ever since you showed up, Mayor Brimpus. Well, what can I do to hurt you the most? What's your body worth to you? Not much, it's so scrawny, can't do nearly anything, but what will really hurt Mayor Brimpus? A blow to the reputation, perhaps? You could take away my peanuts or my bananas. Those are the things that I hold dear. Wait, why am I telling? No, jeez, oh, <laughs> Brimpus, you're doing it again. <laughs> A veneer put up to hide the true intentions and the true pains within. What I see when I look in your eyes, Mayor Brimpus, is a broken little chimp who wants people to think he's important. I am a pretty complicated monkey. What if I strip away all of that bravado? What if I help people realize what you truly are deep down? I vote you do not do that. (laughs) (laughs) So Latimer Pyle is going to go in and he's going to do just one big chop down with the hand and try and sever your tail. Oh, no! No! You're going to attack forcefully. Oh my gosh. No. Getting a plus five. Oh. Well, I guess I had a plus two, so that's kind of like succeeding. Then... Do you have any fake points left? No. No! That is going to be three stress against the mayor. So, another big old hit. Yeah. Is my tail still there? My tail on still? Your tail is no longer there. And your mind flashes back to your days when you were a tailless chimp like every other chimp in the world <laughs> before you managed to talk that witch doctor into giving you this great asset that you could use to elevate yourself above the other chimps. Yeah, I look at it and I'm like pretty defeated. I'm just gonna immediately put it on as a scarf though. <laughs> it's my tail, I'm not gonna like leave it on the ground. <laughs> that concludes Latimer's turn. Oh. And we're gonna pass that over to the sheriff. Oh man. Oh, I'm dying over here, guys. <clears throat> All right. I saw Mayor Brimpus Chimpus, my dear enemy turned friend. <laughs> That's been your name in my mind this whole time, by the way. Oh, it's it's canon for everyone. <laughs> and I, I see how successful he was in attacking the hand eye. And I looked to the one remaining one and I said, you know what time it is. Time for me to flash the badge. (laughs) I'm going to use my stunt to blind this here eye. Mm. All right. 
So you flash the badge and all of that strange magical light that's leaping around through the tornado coalesces onto the tip of that sheriff's badge and it all shoots straight into the eye. And as it does, like the light simmers down after a while and you can see there's just a black crater in the hand where the eye used to be. And Latimer is indefinitely blinded. He's going to take a minus two to all of his checks moving forward. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And I will uh, I'll hold my badge up towards my face, kind of like, you know, it's smoking a little bit and I'll just blow on it like a blow in the barrel of a gun. All right. That brings us to our next exchange. Who would you like to go next? I'm going to hand it back to the mayor. I said, mayor, you may have had your tail handed to you but we can take this guy down. Yeah, and he ripped my tail off too. Um, so I have a plan, and it's the same thing I did last time. I, I charge him again. This time I'm gonna use my tail as a whip. All right, go ahead and roll to attack with either forceful or flashy, I'll say. We'll do flashy. Uh, okay, plus four. All right, gonna try and defend quickly to see if he can dodge out of the way. And that's only a plus one. Yes! With style. Mm -hmm. So succeeding with style, you can deal either the full three damage or you can reduce it by one to get a boost. I'm going to deal the full three. All right. Uh, He's going to take one of those as stress and he's going to fill up his consequence with the other two. And the hand that you strike at that had been fully corporeal, it dissolves again into dust and sand and rejoins with the tornado around you. So it's just that one hand left that still has the throbbing, painful red eye in the middle of it. And Latimer Pyle is starting to look a little desperate. Ooh, Lila Bell, teach this armadillo how we do it out here in Animal Station. Why, I would be absolutely pleased to, Mayor. And I think he could use a little bit of cinnamon sugar for that eye. Mm. And I'm going to take it, and I'm going to wad it up real nice, and I'm going to chuck the whole bag at him. Oh, dude. (laughs) Right in that eye. Yeah, since you are basically completely expending your stunt here, I'm going to give you definitely a free invoke on whatever you roll with. Um, That seems like a fairly clever decision that you made. So I'll say roll to attack with clever. So if I decide to use that free invoke and re-roll, um, if the second roll is worse, can I take the other one? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, do I risk it? Risk it for the biscuit, Lala Bell. Get the bisque. All righty, I'll re-roll. Oh, guys, I shouldn't have risked it. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the biscuit uh, is gone. <laughs> Abort. Okay. Abort. Oh, no, oh, no, okay. Um, it's a plus two which makes it a zero, but I'm gonna use my last fate point and invoke, you do the crime, you do the crime. <laughs> to add plus two, so it's just plus two. Oh gosh. He rolled a plus three. No. Oh, oh no. Oh my gosh. I made bad decisions. Even with his permanent minus two, he rolled a plus three. Dang. Ned, I don't, I don't know if we've ever done this. Is there any way whatsoever for somebody to assist at all? Uh, yeah, the assist is always an option. <gasps> what? 
So if you guys use up your turns to come in on an assist for Lila Bell's turn, then you could each add plus one to that roll. I would absolutely jump to the assistance of the pretty face, Ms. Lila Bell over here. And in fact, to do it, I will invoke my trouble. I can't resist a pretty face. Uh. And so I come in to the rescue and I will, I'll see that she kind of stumbles as she throws her bag of cinnamon and sugar and I will catch her under the arms oh so romantically and steady her as she throws. Oh lordy. All right, so that brings it up to a three versus a three. Um, I can help. Did you, did y'all know that I can help? <laughs> hey, La- hey, Latimer. Hey, what? Watch this. <laughs> and I'm just going to eat a banana in front of him <laughs> to distract him goodly enough for them to do their hit better. <laughs> All right, so making a hit requires kind of two sides. You have to have the person going for the hit aiming correctly and you have to have the thing being hit in the right place and so we have the sheriff comes in stabilizes lila bell to put her in the right position and we have the mayor who calls over from the side and the hand turns in that direction to address the mayor bringing it perfectly into the right position to receive that bag of cinnamon sugar Now, this is an interesting situation numbers-wise. That brings it up to a four versus a three, meaning that it would deal one stress. And he has two stress left, which would bring it down to one stress that he has remaining. But we already established that because of the weakness of these eyes in the middle of the hands, it bypasses all of his defense. Bring that up to four stress of damage against Latimer Pyle. So, all of you working together as a team, Lila Bell, what does this look like yes. as the cinnamon sugar explodes into the middle of Latimer Pyle's remaining eye? I'm so excited. Okay, so <laughs> I go and I toss it. And then as he turns, it goes into his eye. And then all of a sudden, his eye looks like a ball of cinnamon and sugar. It's just absolutely coated. (laughs) And then as he blinks, the eye, like, have you ever made, um, they were called like, Okay, coming from a religious household, we called them resurrection rolls, where you put the marshmallow inside the dough with butter and cinnamon and sugar, and then when you cook them, the marshmallow melts away, (laughs) and then it's like, oh, wow, it's gone. Anyways, that's what his eye does. I have never heard of that in my life. Really? It does evoke a very strong image in my mind of the cinnamon sugar coating the eye and kind of bubbling away underneath it (laughs) until finally it cracks apart into dust and the eye is just completely gone in the center and the hand goes limp as from the tip of each finger it begins to disintegrate all Thanos style into the whirlwind and all of that arcane energy dissipates out into the ether. Every banana stuck into the ground falls over onto its side and silence reigns across the open prairie. Well, boys, we did it. I'm going to pick up those bananas. <laughs> I will I will turn and look down into Miss Lalabelle's big, round penguin eyes and say, Miss Bell, that was the most impressive stunt I have ever seen anyone pull off in my entire career as a lawman. I not only am going to make you my deputy, but I would like to make you my bride. <gasps> oh, Sheriff, I thought you'd never ask. I'm going to give you a little kiss. And I blush again 
but not as much because we are no longer in secret love. We are in public love. <laughs> nice. Hey, everybody, I got these bananas. Let's go back to town and tell everyone that we're heroes. Oh, wait. Uh, let me run and grab the statues real quick. I have a plan. And I run and I collect them all. And I get the one from Sahara and put them all in my little pouch. And uh, let's get everything and bring it back to town. All right. So you all hop on the train as it heads back to Animal Station. And we fast forward a few days to the day of the wedding. (laughs) Wow. I cannot believe you guys let me officiate this thing. (laughs) I'm so honored. Thank you, everybody, for coming to my wedding today featuring these two. (laughs) Now, man, man, human being, do you take this pink? bird to be your partner in life to have and hold through bird flus and cold when the dough rises and when the dough sinks will you hold this bird flipper in hand i reckon that i do nice lila bell do you promise to be a bird wife Oh, Sheriff, you know that I do. Then as the very real sheriff of this town, I hereby pronounce you a guy and his bird wife. I'm going to go eat a banana now. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) And everybody cheers, and they start throwing bits of corn at you because it's hard to find rice out in the Wild West. And I will turn to Lila Bell and I say, sure was nice of Mayor Brimpus to step down from his place as mayor and become the sheriff of the town. (laughs) Gives us time for our honeymoon. That is true. And now, everybody... As one final cause of celebration, I have done some research with Daisy at the library, and we would like to try and bring Blathers back, if that's all right with everybody else. Does anybody have any objections to bringing back our dead friend from the grave, (laughs) regardless of consequences or repercussions on our souls or his own? If anybody has any objections, please say them. Uh, everybody was really excited when Lila <laughs> Bell spoke, but now they're all kind of looking back and forth a little unsure, uh, but nobody raises their voice. All right, well, I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> Let's do this thing, Lila Bell Stone. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, um, Daisy and I will go and do the honors and get the figurines all set up and get them up and alive again. Okay, so roll then to overcome with clever. <gasps> it's a plus five. What? So yeah, the energy courses through Blather's body and his eyes crack open and he sits up and looks around at all of you and says, my goodness, that was the strangest nap I have ever taken in my life. <sighs> Welcome back to the land of the living, Mr. Blathers. How'd you like to be mayor? Oh, goodness. Uh, will I will I still be able to run my museum? Yeah, 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 yeah. The old owner died, and so it goes to the mayor. And because you're the mayor now, you're the new owner and also the old owner. And because I'm sheriff, I can carry a real gun. <laughs> Any other questions? Welcome back to, to living. And Blather says, well, I suppose the first thing I will do as mayor is abolish that horrible bug exhibit. I could not imagine having my life tied to anything bug related for any price. Mm. And Lila Bell, you look at the little bug trinket in your hand that you used to bring Blathers back to life. <laughs> uh, anything you say, sugar. Uh, Miss Lila Bell Stone, I um, <clears throat> I had an idea for those trinkets now that you have, you know, made good use of them. 
I think we should dispose of them down the well where no one can ever get them again. All right. And I'll gather up all these trinkets, bring them on over to the well. Ready? One, two, two three. three. Drop them down the well. And you take each other hand in flipper, flipper in hand, (laughs) and head off into the desert sunset. And far down near the bottom of the well, a hole opens up in the side. Something's digging through. What is it? It's a mole. Oh, no. Mr. Rossetti reaches out, and he grabs the trinkets (laughs) and pulls them into his tunnel. And that's where we're going to conclude our story in the world of Animal Station. No! 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 Thanks so much for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Blathers is to be back with the surety and knowledge that he never has to worry about being associated with bugs ever again. If you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop, as well as Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, tweet about us using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect, or comment on one of our posts. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, in which I play a kobold druid in a D&D 5e campaign. It's going super well, having a lot of fun. Uh, But I would also like to plug a type of plant called a droop. That is D-R-U-P-E. Most commonly, these are known as stone fruit. Uh, The most prominent of the stone fruit being the peach, which is my favorite fruit. I love peaches. Um, (laughs) And what's even more interesting about droops, there's some dissension within the botanical community as to how to classify raspberries and blackberries because they're like these very little tiny seeds wrapped around in flesh, which is how droops work. You know, you've got the pit of the peach in the middle of the flesh of the peach. And the official botanical term for those little bits of the raspberry and the blackberry are called drooplets. <gasps> Cute. In a scientific field full of terms like stamen and xylem and photosynthesis, the fact that there is something called a drooplet is surprisingly cute. And so I finally found something that makes me think botany is adorable. And I just wanted to share that with the world and say, Connor, I love peaches. And I'm sorry that that's going to strain our friendship. We can make it through this. <laughs> and we can always count on you for the uh, wildly obscure factoids. <laughs> Honestly. You know, I have spent a lot of my life thinking, you know, it's fun to know all these things, but it's not going to do me any good. Surprise, I just had to start a podcast and now it's all really useful. <laughs> so I would like to plug droops and by extension, drooplets. McKenna, you got anything going on? Oh, you know I do. I actually have two things um, that I would like to bring up. 
First one being um, one of my dear friends from high school, Woody Minshew. Him and his sister Hannah and some of their wonderful friends have a D&D 5e stream that they do. They're called Bards of New York and they are absolutely all talented, wonderful storytellers, actors, all of the above, everything else you associate with those words. And they play D&D. They are on Twitch live at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. And you can also find them on YouTube or on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Anyways, I just absolutely adore them and I wanted to give a little shout out for their stream. So go check them out. And then second, I just wanted to shout out the person that probably taught us all um, the most about improv. That is our professor, Trevor. That's uh, right. I don't, does Trevor listen to this? He should. If he doesn't, I'll have a chat. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor. Um, but I just wanted to shout him out and just be like, hey, thanks for teaching us and loving us and especially being patient with us. Look what your inspiration brought. So thanks, Trevor. What a wonderful human. What a genuine human. Right on. Connor, you got anything going on? I do. Ned was talking a little bit about plants. He said the word peaches and I tuned out, but he says something about <laughs> plants. And I wanted to kind of pivot back to that uh, and discuss the year 2001, which is right around the first Animal Crossing game came out. Another excellent game for the GameCube uh, came out called Pikmin, mm-hmm. a game uh, where you play as a uh, microscopic explorer of space and you land on a planet and you meet all these little flower dudes who help you carry stuff and they say beep, 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 boop, boop. They make fun noises. Anyway, uh, Nintendo went a billion percent with their marketing for this little game uh, by essentially inventing their own breed of flower, uh, scientifically known as the Chanostoma cordatum, uh, more commonly and specifically known as the Pikmin flower. They genetically um, engineered their own flower to advertise for this GameCube game. Wow. And they're still around and they are beautiful. What? Yeah, yeah I just want to say good job, Nintendo, on playing God and also making good video games sometimes. <laughs> That's insane. I did not know that. Wow. They done did it. Man, botany gets cuter and cuter every day. It does. <laughs> Caleb, you got anything going on? Guys, I recently read a book that I loved and I'd like to plug it. It is a book called Effortless by a guy named Greg McEwen. And it's just about making stuff in your life less hard. Sometimes we try too hard at life and sometimes there are easier ways to do things that we're not even thinking about. And that's what it's about. If you feel like you need a little less stress in your life, go give it a read. It's a great book. I really enjoyed it. Right on. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us here in the world of Animal Station. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele, a.k.a. Mrs. Stone. Connor Douglas Wood, Human Monkey. Caleb Anderton, the new groom. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Improv Tabletop.